know we're doing things a little different this morning. If you want to read along and you need to bring your own Bible, you're not using the new version Bible app. You better pull out the blue book from right there in front of you on the rack. The third page, 10, 17. I'm going to read off the screen this morning. It's a little longer section, and a little bit of a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of slides to read off. So we're just going to do it. I guess we're late this morning, just to keep you acquainted with what a book feels like. We're in the middle of a series entitled Breath of Heaven, Breathe on Us. He says, yes, the theme song is Breath of Heaven, Breathe on Us. That is our prayer, is because we desperately need the Holy Spirit. And we need to allow Him to give us a breath of fresh air from heaven. Forever, but that's why we have a whole series. So we'll just do a quick review. The last three weeks, week one, uh, we found out that we need the Holy Spirit to work in us now so that we can experience the blessings of God's kingdom here and now. Not often day by the by, but now. The Holy Spirit brings the blessings of God's kingdom to us now. Here in this world. Grace is not completely because. This isn't heaven yet, right? Um, but we can have a taste of heaven now. In the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray. Jesus. So we pray, draw us close, Holy Spirit. Captivate us. Set our eyes on our King, Jesus. Overwhelm us with your presence. And then the second week, we discovered that the Spirit in you. It's better than Jesus beside you. There's that. Jesus said that to his disciples. You know, you're all disappointed because I told you I'm going to die and leave you. But don't worry about it. I'm going to send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's going to live in you. And it's for your benefit that I go. It's better to have the Holy Spirit in us than Jesus standing beside us. The reason is that Jesus is saying, as me, he's not sitting beside somebody across the street or downtown or anywhere else in the world, right? So that the Holy Spirit is in us, he's all over the place. And he's with all of us always. So we pray, whatever it takes, Jesus, fill me with the Father's measureless love by the powerful presence of your Holy Spirit. Now, last week, we discovered that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, okay, the Holy Spirit, hands are doing great, loving, wonderful things for you, in you, and through you. And so we pray a simple prayer. Well, I would encourage you, this one you can memorize easily, you know, this is a good prayer to have. Come on, Holy Spirit, 
let's do life together. Come on, Holy Spirit, let's do life together. Now, all this talk about the Holy Spirit might make you feel a little uncomfortable and disoriented, uh, and I understand that feeling. There are a couple of reasons that that might be. If, if you don't have a lot of church background, uh, well, even if you do, we're in a society and in a culture that has become increasingly focused on the physical world. Western cultures in Europe, Canada, Australia, the U.S. Um, lean toward thinking that if you cannot measure it, it doesn't exist.
then you all the way to so science, science is the same. We 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 just we all have we just anything that is exactly measurable and repeatable or it doesn't exist. And this really view of the world stands in contrast to everything that we've been talking about with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit you can't get a deeper full of the Holy Spirit. You can't get a stop full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is measurable. See, some of us are struggling. Some of us are struggling. Some of us are struggling. And also, if you go to a church for very long, you might be just uncomfortable about the Holy talking about the Holy Spirit and say, Why is this great? And, and you know, I found out that doesn't matter what group of people you're with, they always have some other group of crazy. Rich, we're crazy. Tell you that we were crazy. That same case. <laughs> By definition, spiritual realm can't be measured. And when you bring the Holy Spirit into the equation, the Holy Spirit is God. You can't make God do anything. God does whatever God wants to do. The Holy Spirit does whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. And the moment you begin to welcome them into your life, you say, Go on, Holy Spirit, let's do life together. You just open the door just to really fun life. Because Christ is everywhere. Now, I've got to say, remember, He has good plans for you. Wonderful, loving plans. Things that He wants to do in you or for you and through you are awesome. You're welcome, welcome to do it. So, if you're uncomfortable with all the talk about the Holy Spirit, for whatever reason, I'm going to ask you to consider the possibility that there's more to this world than what meets the eye. That there's more to this world than what you can measure. And there's more to this world than what you're comfortable with. That was the view of Jesus in the middle of the women. Uh, whose stories are recorded in the Bible. So we, we tend to, our, our world has tended to break it like into two sections. There's the sacred and well, the two-story path, one person said. It's like the upstairs is sacred, spiritual, and the downstairs is the physical, the, the non-spiritual. That's the stuff. And that's where we live because we are physical. You can measure me. I don't know what you do, but you can't measure it. Right? We are tending to think that, you know, that, that, that upper level, we just we don't live there. We've got further and further and further away. That's our problem. One of our problems. Why we have this uncomfortableness. Uh, but in Jesus' world, and for the men and women whose stories are recorded for us in the Bible, they're, they're, they're right there. There is no deception. Everything is spiritual. And everything is physical. The spiritual and the physical realms overlap. 
They're right next to each other. And that is why we can say Jesus is with us. You can look around and go, I don't see him. The world they lived in, they knew this, they were encouraged, and even just kind of rewrote it. So we are to grasp that, and we can get a hold of that again. So I'm going to invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. This is, a, this is Luke's record of Jesus' life. And that is, what's the piece that I say? It's on your book, it's in your blue book. 1017. Okay. So, so Luke's record of Jesus' life tells us that the good news is for everyone, which was extremely important to Luke because uh, Luke was a Gentile. He was not Jewish. Most everybody else, at least the very beginning, the Jewish people were the ones who were following Jesus. Peter, James, John, the whole, all the 12 disciples, the first 12 disciples were Jewish. Between 100 120, excuse me, that we're in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, praying. Uh, they get a church 3,000 in one day. We're all Jewish. The city was filled with Jewish people. It wasn't until you get, when you're reading through the book of Acts, it's not like until you get to chapter uh, 9, 8 or 9, that you start seeing non Jewish people believing in Jesus. And Luke was one of those Gentiles. Luke was a medical doctor. So he was a man of science. The great thing is that science is different. They didn't know a lot of the things we know. He didn't have automatic defibrillators. They didn't have laboratories that could get your blood tested. I mean, there were a lot of things that we've learned since then, but he was a medical doctor. It's part, part of his life. He knew how to measure things and, and how to help people. He was also a very careful historian. He went back and talked to the people, the original people. You didn't listen to what somebody said, but somebody said what somebody said, and you're writing down and this is what happened to his life. He did his best to go back to the very first people. I don't want to know about Luke. I'm pretty sure he probably sat down with Mary, the mother of Jesus. But okay, tell me the story. Tell me what happened. In fact, in the chapters 1 and 2, Luke chapters 1 and 2, I'll give you the background here before we jump into chapter 4, uh, so you know where I'm going. Luke chapters 1 and 2 are the story of Christmas that is probably the birth of Jesus that is probably the most familiar to us. Chapter 3, the story of John, the resurrection of John. John, Jesus' cousin, we often call him John the Baptist. Um, I think we're left with the snow. He's baptized people, John the Baptist. He called people, the Jewish people, to be turned back to God to get ready to try to see them return. We received this baptism to be washed. To be ready to meet the king and face judgment this time. 
these things as it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. You are the Babylonians to Jerusalem and having taken on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, He says, throw yourself down from here. From here. For it is written. The devil knows about it too. Just enough to get us in trouble. And if you will command you, and he will consider you to guide you carefully, they will lift you up with your hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And surely if you jump off the top of the temple, they will make sure you don't smash on the pavement below. And Jesus said, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil has finished all this tempting, Forty days of temptation. You only have three examples. Forty days of temptation. Day and night. Without food, Jesus dealt with it. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left it and never bothered him again. Is that what it says? Good. It left him until an opportune time. A good opportunity. And I'm pretty sure that opportunity shows up in the next two verses. Before this chapter is even up, Jesus left him. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And these battles spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. You know, there's some temptation in that. Everybody likes you. About you doing something right. Well, if you keep liking him, make sure you keep saying the right thing. It's back there. Yeah, it's not real obvious. But we all like to make sure people like us, right? So, already about the same time. One verse, two verses later. Scripture 
is fulfilled in your spirit. This record, this record that we just read, tells us about a spiritual war that's raging between God and, and the devil for, has been for a very long time. Not forever. We don't stand that. This is not a conflict between two equal and eternal forces. Right now, this is the day of the Lord's favor. This is the time of the Lord's favor. 
for the sacrifice of truth. That's the primary thing as well. The sacrifice of truth is just faith to the blind to proclaim the time of God's grace, mercy, and love. And we need to work on that. So we are like Jesus, you have to fight like Jesus. Every yeah. enemy does not fight like Jesus, and they lost the battle. And if you want to win the battle, you have to fight like Jesus. So how does Jesus fight this spiritual battle? I'm glad you asked. The first thing is he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He lived and worked in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said, come on, Holy Spirit, let's do life together. Holy Spirit took the other word and they started doing life together. In the book of Acts, that's Luke's second piece of history. The record of the earliest church, the earliest followers of Jesus. He, he quotes Peter, who summarized Jesus' life with this one sentence. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. If you want to fight like Jesus, the very first thing you have to do is welcome the Holy Spirit in your life. Everything that needs to be there, Jesus. Battle plan involves solitude, prayer, and fasting. Solitude is easy for introverts. Introverts have a solitude. They do a lot of Prayer. Talking to God, listening to Him, and fasting. In that time of 40 days of that temptation, Jesus was alone with him and God and the devil. And in that time, he was experiencing practicing solitude, prayer, and fasting. Another thing we need to do to fight like Jesus did is that when it's called knowing what God says. You have to know what God says in the Bible. Every time they were tempted him, he answered with the Bible. And even when the devil floated and misapplied, that's one of those sources, even when the devil used the Bible, he was able to correct him with the Bible. He didn't want to into a long story about how you know you got that all wrong. He just said, no, here's the deal. Well, it's just the words of God. Oh, you're crazy. And then the final thing is that in Jesus' battle plan is to stick to God's mission for you. See, the end, you're not justified in evil. Satan wants you to believe that. The devil wants you to believe that whatever you can do to get this done, it doesn't matter as long as you get this done. Adam and Eve 
created in the image of God. So just like us, they wanted to be more and more like it. That's the way we were created, to be more and more like it. So what does Satan tell them? A lie? He says, you'll be like God. I know he said, no, no, but this is the best way. Well, it was the best way to go the wrong way. So he turned in. He turned up. I really heard it. It's been 40 years. Well, Rocco took a little bit. Fix it. Believe me, anybody that can turn rocks into bread is going to have a following like you would not believe. Everybody's going to love you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. There's somebody who really has the power to turn rocks into bread and they wanted to be president of the United States. Would you vote for them? Did they promise to make sure that you could have all the bread you wanted? Like you ever have to go to work again? I'm pretty sure they get elected whether you vote for them or not. This whole world, Jesus Christ brings in all this world back out of his control and into God's control and under the dominion and the reign of the people and he put it in. To begin with, he couldn't get it back from Satan. But his protest is bowed down and worship me. Don't go through all this stuff, you know. Just take it in. Oh, just do it. Yeah, do you have anything? This is not justified to me. Hey, you jump off the top of the temple and eat this stuff. You see, you are nothing for people in those stuff. You will have a instant following. Everybody will know immediately that this is the stuff. No misunderstanding. Everybody's going to know. Well, those are okay. Fix the vision. To win like Jesus, you must fight like Jesus. So what prevents us from doing? What prevents us from fighting like Jesus? Well, part of it is requires an overall reorientation of uh, our way of looking at the world. We're in a spiritual battle zone. Then we need to recognize that there really is more to this world than meets the eye. That there really is more going on around us than we can touch, taste, smell, hear, see. Just because we can't measure it doesn't mean it's not there. Get me into it. the Creator who lovingly made this universe so that you could live and come to love Him in return. 
But there is a double. There is Okay, first, let's just say, forget the little red guy with the horn in the face. That is a cartoon. He is no more real than Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. When we talk about the devil, we're not talking about a cartoon figure. We're talking about a real spiritual being who hates your son. Why? Because I'm not That's it. And the best way to hurt God is to hurt you. That's it. Anytime this gets doubled, then he offers you a suggestion. It is not for your benefit. Never. Still never looked good. It's probably that fruit in the garden. It's probably that chocolate that you couldn't even expect. It's probably all the kingdoms of the world. It's so good. What's the monster? Temple and the angel catching. That's all it's good. And it's not for your benefit. It's the devil's one suggestion. There's a devil, an evil spirit being who wants to destroy you and keep you from experiencing the things that God created you to experience. What do we say? When we were filled with the Holy Spirit, it's the only possible way for us to begin experiencing the blessings of God's kingdom here and now. He will do anything possible to keep you from ever experiencing any of the blessings of God's kingdom. Anything he can. And the real life Jesus is just somebody who is so focused on destroying you, you must fight like Jesus. Now, Jesus provides everything you need to reorient reorient your view of the world. Just focus on him. Just think about him, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Jesus, God, the Creator, enters humanity and the broken world that we produce by our rebellion and our stubborn desire to live the way we see fit. He became one of us, lived in this mess with us. He experienced the worst the devil in the human race could get out. He gave up his life on the cross. But then on a Sunday morning, he walked out of his borrowed skin because he had no intention of keeping it. And he won the greatest spiritual victory ever possible for all of us. He destroyed it. In the spiritual war, and if you put your faith in him, if you trust him, and you welcome him, and follow him, he will empower you through the hope to win all the battles. To win like Jesus, you must fight like Jesus. You are in a spiritual war. You may not want 
to admit it. You don't want to ignore it. You don't want to deny it. You, you can become stricken at the very thought of the possibility that there is somebody out there who wants to get you in the worst possible way. You want to simply surrender and go, we have the army. Give up. But if you want to win the battle, the temptation, you want to win and bring restoration to your life and to the lives of other people around you, you have to finally do the plot. This battle plan will work for you too. To win like Jesus, you must fight like Jesus. That means that when you take me down the yellow card, you shouldn't be able to fight easy. It's in your bulletin. Some of them may wondering what is this uh, uh, how it's going to reach seven minutes in Jesus' rainbow. Why did I pick seven minutes? I picked seven because I think Gordy tells me it's the perfect number. But there's something about being born on the seventh, being the seventh born is kind of, I think, works with you. But anyway. Only seven minutes. Is seven minutes enough? You will find out really quickly that seven minutes is not enough that you want more. But seven minutes is a great place to start. And seven minutes is a place to start asking God to guide you as you read your Bible. Maybe take about 30 seconds. I think it takes less than that if you're short. Let's see how we make sense of this. If you take enough time, take enough time, take time to read enough of your Bible to develop a complete thought. Read, read, a, read a whole chapter, or maybe a whole story. Unless that story is like 20 chapters long, then you may have to break it down into facts and scenes and that kind of thing. Take about four minutes to do that. And then round off your time alone with Jesus with prayer by simply talking to him and listening to him. That's about three and a half minutes. That's a great way to start is to learn how to fight. That's taking time to be alone with that solitude. To pray. If you know your Bible, you get the answer. You know the truth when you see the truth. You know a lie when you hear a lie. Someone was wondering how long, how, how many times is regularly? As many as it takes. Yeah, I'm not going to let you turn this into some kind of rule. Jesus didn't win the battle by keeping rules. Jesus won the battle by having a powerful presence and spirit in his life because of a relationship he had with him. That's what's important. So how often do you need to spend time alone with Jesus and have a good relationship with him? 
figure it out. We pray for you. Holy Spirit, let me forward with all your power. So I have all the endurance and patience I need. Help me to fight my battles. 